This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, Time Live. Live. This week, I run down the first Nintendo Direct of 2021. I give my thoughts on the Mortal Kombat trailer. SNK brings back the match of the millennium. And in our final stage, I review Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Huh, yeah. Is it right to go on? They're all gone. They die for the planet. Will they ever forgive us? Right now. I really don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been real. When I'm with ill, I spit skills. Get gill like, like mid-thrill. Blow like a pinwheel. Live from the live stream. Tighten your flows and get tossed in the cycle of souls. And only the foolish try. The rest know full well it's suicide. Monsters traveled here on the last noon to cry. Prototype of the aura site. Archetype, parasite. Get your data right or get shot at like time. A lyrical rhyme slave, erasure from my digital mind wave. Start up the crime wave, Project G when the media falls. Start a future without reading your palms. I read 13 chapters and the rappers come after. Random major blow like Mac reactors. Keep the sister ray equipped to spray. Command counter with the ultima, bring it into your day. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Select Start. I'm your host, Xavier Josiah. We got a lot of news to talk about. I know I've said in the past few weeks that we had a little bit of news to talk about in the world of gaming no it's coming back full force we got a lot of news i mean from nintendo direct to the mortal kombat trailer uh snk dropping a bombshell of a game that made that made this week the week for me um and then we also will be talking about super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury in our final stage so i mean we got it i mean but there's much more i mean who knows at this point in time we could find out if when Overwatch 2 would come out because my previous um, Keystone Comic Con panel guest, Charlotte Chung, on Instagram yesterday announced that today, which I believe is going to be BlizzCon, that there's going to be some news about the upcoming sequel to the most popular esport game uh, of its time. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, Overwatch 2 is probably one of the only FPS games that I will actually enjoy playing. Uh, so I am looking forward to seeing, hopefully, or hearing, hopefully, that we'll get a release date for that today. So stay tuned for that. You know, BlizzCon, uh, Blizzard Entertainment, stick uh, stick on to them because I think we're going to hit some news sometime today on that. But let's get down to it. Before we do, the music that you're hearing, of course, is none other than the best of both worlds themselves, Megaran and Game Chops. Possibly one of the finest albums I've heard from both of them uh, to date. And this is the Black Materia album. Actually, I should say the Black Materia, the remake, um, based on the Final Fantasy remake album. Also based on Mega Rand's first, not, I don't want to say first album, but it's the album that really put him on the map. And 
since they decided to remake the game they decided to remake the album and game chops was a part of it you know game chops music is always played on this show and all the other shows that i have and it's awesome to have two of my good uh friends on one platform during one project and it's awesome this is an awesome album i highly recommend going to bandcamp.com go to dj cutman's uh bandcamp you could get it there but not only that out now as well is the new instrumental version of this album so you get to hear i would recommend getting both because you're listening to it here right now uh you can hear you can check out the hip-hop version with mega ran uh spitting on it and a whole bunch of other you know great talented uh, hip-hop artists on there and then you can listen to the instrumental because you know they're both great and i these guys are so well talented and i'm so grateful to um know both of them and you know work with them on some in some form or fashion it's just just awesome just absolutely awesome go out of your way to check it out but let's get down to some news here i mean like whew, we got to start with the mortal Kombat trailer we have to start with the mortal Kombat trailer can i not stress that enough we need to start with the mortal Kombat trailer this we were waiting for this to happen and this did not disappoint first of all we it was released with a red band trailer okay uh, that was enough. We we were told, if you read articles, if you read everything leading up to this, we were told that this was not, they were not going to hold back. This was not going to be, as much as we love the original New Line Cinema version that came out, you know, ages ago, um, that was partially violent. It was okay, but they kind of, they kind of, it was diluted. It was still a great movie, a fun movie. But it didn't really give us the essence of what we know Mortal Kombat to be and what it's become over the years. This, this got people like extremely excited. Uh, they spared no expense and no gore. So I'm actually doing this in real time as I'm doing it. So it starts off with, you know, Jax coming in, you know, looking for a, you know, a assassin. Comes out to be Sub-Zero. Tries to shoot uh, Sub-Zero and he turns his gun and ice and as well as his arms so sub-zero is responsible for you know his cybernetic arms in this version now if you gotta if you um recall there's many different versions of how Jax got his cybernetic arms in the original if i'm correct Jax just agreed to do an experimental uh like an experimental uh surgery to you know make his arm cybernetic because out war was coming there was a war coming and he wanted to be prepared so if i'm correct that's the original then the reboot of mortal kombat which was mortal kombat 9 it was um it wasn't apes about i forgot who um i forgot who actually tore his arms off one of the uh, outworlders turned uh tore his arms off and that was the origin for him getting there but in this movie now it's sub-zero that's doing it so I have heard no complaints about anybody, you know, um, hating on that narrative right there. So we got the new character, Cole, which uh, explains that he has a birthmark that has the, drag the dragon uh, logo that we're all used to, thinking it is a birthmark. And Jax is telling him that's not a birthmark. That is actually an invitation, pretty much. And it shows that Cole is actually a 
mixed martial artists as well. They show them in the uh, cage. I, I can't say octagon uh, because that's a trademark. So it, it's a normal MMA cage, but it looks like he's fighting underground at best. So, you know, he's joining along a whole bunch of people that we uh, are very familiar with, including, uh, what is it? Uh, Luke Kang, Sonya Blade, and Kano for some reason that is alongside with them and kung lao as well they also show a glimpse of melina and i you know fans are going to be hyped about that because if you go on twitter everybody you know they're there's some melina loving people they also show um other situations like there's there's more to this new character uh cole that they're seeing i mean you they showed him looking in the mirror and all of a sudden he has these dragon looking eyes and possessed eyes or whatever like that so there's going to be more to it they also showed a, a little bit of footage of hanzo aka scorpion uh, go, uh fighting against a bunch of ninjas which is said to be his origin story and i think this will be the beginning scene in the movie uh which is very gory very violent and but awesome at the same time interesting to note if you go on ign the director of the show of the movie actually explains in detail of this of what's going on in the trailer he did mention that some of the people that was involved with kill bill took part in this film and helped with the choreography and, and uh, of the um scenes here so it's funny that he mentioned that because before he even mentioned that the first thing i i even thought about when i watched the scene with um hanzo fighting off with the ninjas was the kill bill scene with the uh, crazy 88s and it, it was it's that level of violence there so it's i find it the minute that he mentioned that i was really excited and i know that this is going to be done really well in from this aspect so it looked awesome i'm like there like there's a lot of blood and gore in this thing uh you know so we see at this point that they're um mentioning all the people that's going to be involved you see kano shooting lasers from his eye which is very appropriate which is something that we see in the game luke kang is shooting fire from his hand now if you guys remember in the old movie they teased that and i don't i think the reason for that was because of budgeting they couldn't afford the special effects to really do what they could what they're doing in this movie right now and i think we're going to see a lot more of luke kang using his you know his uh his martial arts techniques and the fireball techniques and everything here uh if you look at the trailer they show him doing that a lot whereas like the original movie he, they waited to the very last moment for him to do it and i guarantee you i put money on it that that was a budgeting issue because back then you they didn't have the technology to do what they're doing now and then they didn't have the budget to do it because animating any type of special effects is very costly it still is costly but it's more accessible now than it ever is and it's worth it <laughs> you know so now we're gonna get to see possibly the mortal combat that we've been waiting for that fans absolutely deserve here so we also see Jax later on with his cybernetic arms which are extremely well detailed you know what's funny speaking of Jax since this trailer has released i've heard no jokes about um about uh steve harvey at all i've heard not one steve harvey joke since this trailer came out people ain't, ain't there's no joking anymore after seeing this people are very convinced we also see raiden too raiden's in here he looks awesome we see shang soon we see uh scorpion in full form and i'm loving what's going on here man we also see uh melina 
looking a sigh which is very interesting um, it's going to be interesting how they betray her because in the original mortal kombat melina was supposed to be the twin of katana if i'm correct melina in this one is a woman of color she's black i don't believe katana's black in this uh in this movie and they haven't shown her but i do believe i've seen her on imdb or whatever like that so i don't think th there's going to be an interesting thing as to where her origin comes from or whether they're going to stick to the uh to the source of that storyline with melina but either way she looks badass i am looking forward to this they also show a shot of a statue commemorating shao khan as well we also see a being on the roof kind of like the rooftop raptors of this uh building that sonia is in that in my eyes i think that's uh reptile so i think we're going to see reptile in this as well um we we see a you know more special effects of luke uh luke king igniting the fiery dragon we also see goro as well well a clip of that so he's going to be in here in some form or fashion it's going to be interesting then to top it off we see the a climatic battle between sub-zero and scorpion now what was awesome about that scene was that we got to kind of see something that is that we that we are accustomed to in a video game and that is the kind of the um it's been a while it's been a minute since i played mortal Kombat 11 is sad but it's like the x-ray uh mode that you would see or the uh or the what's, what's the mode that you do when you put extra you know damage and kill to somebody you got to see that type of situation here as well so it's awesome and he stabs him with his own blood and he uh creates a wall of ice and he throws him on there very similar to the to like a, a huge attack that you would see on mortal kombat so i am very much looking forward to this this is awesome uh i've heard no complaints no negativity on this game at all and even on top of that you got uh shang Tsung saying finish him and then you just see all this like clips of violence going off and then at the end you see kano holding a heart saying kano wins <laughs> oh this is this is gonna be good this arrives april 16th in theaters and exclusively to hbo max not one negative not one negative thought at all not one <laughs> i've heard on the internet and if it is it's being it's being clouded within a bunch of different other positive reactions to this it is just absolutely awesome i am looking very much forward to this um been a mortal kombat fan for god knows how long i love the new direction that ed boone has taken this in terms of story he did something that i didn't think would ever be done and that was like reboot he, he created the greatest reboot of all time <laughs> in my opinion um he took the days of future past narrative and took gave it its own spin but did it so effectively that it made everything about what happened in the original mortal kombat all the way to like um armageddon made sense made absolute sense of how they rebooted into this new version of one you know one through four and i was so happy and now we, we have mortal kombat 11 it just it everything just connected 
you know, I don't know if it was his working with um, Warner Brothers games and, you know, Warner Brothers in general that allowed him to get this, get some great writers or whatever like this, but they outdid themselves. They, I mean, I've been following, I've been, I think I've played every Mortal Kombat game since the beginning and followed the story and narrative from that point. And it is, it, it, it's just unbelievable the road that they've taken since then, since Ed Boon took, have taken over and John Tobias, Tobias has left that company. I, which, man, I would have, it makes me think what would have happened if John Tobias would have stayed. I don't know. I don't know, but I, all I know is NetherRealm Studios is one of the best game studios out there. It's one of the, they created one of the greatest games of all time. And it's always rival Street Fighter. In some cases, it actually superseded Street Fighter. Am I, and I'm a huge Street Fighter fan, but in terms of like really strong story, narrative, character development, I think they beat them out because Capcom with the Street Fighter series, I don't think that they've done all that they uh, have or they could have with that series when it comes to story and narrative. Like I, I like the Shadow Falls, but in comparison, it feels a little bit hollow and Capcom has always had this very shallow way of treating their their uh, game characters and, and their character development. Whereas Ed Boon and NetherRealm Studios, they take it, it, you could tell that they take it very seriously that they want it to be as, you know, authentic and strong and, and really want you to, really want you to get, you know, immersed into their world. You could tell the amount of detail, attention to detail that they put in there. And it shows and it pays off because now they not only have a great game with a great universe and great storytelling, they also have, you know, a whole bunch of different characters outside of their universe that comes into the universe. And then they make sense out of that. Like we, there's a reason why, you know, Mortal, uh, you know, Robocop is in there. It's the reason why Spawn is in there. There's a reason why, you know, the Terminator's in there, Freddy, like so forth and so on. And Rambo, there's, they made sense at all. It's not like they just added these characters in just for the sake of adding these characters in like they do with you know Tekken <laughs> like Tekken has Negan on there and it's like okay how did he get in here how did Noctis from Final Fantasy 15 become a character in here how, how does it make sense that he gets into this world they don't really explain it they have a they got they did have a promotional ad showing that they explained how these guys came in but it was like it was just a throwaway type of way of doing it, but you don't really get an idea like they did with Akuma. They did that really good. Didn't do well with the other stuff. So I love what Mortal Kombat's doing. This is gonna be an awesome, awesome, awesome movie, I think. Um I'm looking forward to it. It, it just looks like it looks pro it looks very promising. You know, and every once in a while when you get a trailer like you would with Marvel Studios trailers, it gives you that feel of comfort and hope. And then it doesn't disappoint from there. So I would be surprised after seeing what I'm seeing here that this movie is going to be. I'm, I don't think that this movie is going to be like the movie of the year. But I think this is going to start something really awesome. And I can't wait. So. All right. Let's get down to some other news here. Let's run down everything that has happened. And the recent Nintendo Direct. The first Nintendo Direct of 2021. And I am... I was excited to see this because, you know, Nintendo never, they, they don't disappoint. They don't disappoint when it comes to, uh, their, their, their presentations or whatnot. However, I think this one 
wasn't as good as the ones I've, I've seen in the past. Um, I was more in a, in a way of looking for some really blow away type of news, but it didn't really, really happen in that, in that sense. And, but I'll run down there. There's some things, there were some things that I did like and some things that I was like, okay, it started off strong, but then at the end, it pretty much didn't, didn't really blow me away. It didn't blow me away in a sense. And, uh, let's talk about it. So the actual presentation, of course, started off with an announcement from which a lot of people could have thought that this was, uh, a, a new expansion pack to Xenoblade uh, Chronicles two. But after watching all these Nintendo directs, you kind of get an idea of what they're doing here. And I just knew that one of these characters are going to be invited into Smash Brothers. And in fact, it was. And it was not who you thought it was. It wasn't like Rex is the actual main character of the of the game. Comes to find out it wasn't him. It was Pyra and Mithra, which they're one and the same, actually. So Mithra is probably going to be like a mirror character to uh, Pyra. But I like the way they did it. It was very funny how they did it. And Rex was even complaining, like, I thought I was going to be invited to this. I think actually after playing Xenoblade Chronicles, not one of my favorite, not one of my favorite games in the world, mostly because of the gameplay aspect is Xenoblade Chronicles to me. I love the way it looks. I love the story. What I don't like is the is the control scheme and how they do it because it's like you're rarely doing anything at all. They're attacking, but you're just moving around. I'm never a big fan of that. That's it's like you go out to a, to a basketball game and you ask to play. You want to play basketball, but they don't let you play. They say you can play, but you know. It, they just don't let you play. That's what I feel like this is with Xenoblade Chronicles. I can't, I don't know any other way to explain it. It's like, or uh, even better. It's like when you, I, that's, this is much better because the other one kind of sucked. It's like when you were playing your game and your kid brother or kid sister wanted to play, but you didn't want them to play. So you gave them a controller that wasn't connected to your game console so, to make it seem like they were playing. That's what Xenoblade Chronicles control scheme makes me feel like. <laughs> makes me feel like I'm not really playing the game because it's just playing for me, but I'm just moving things around. I don't, you know, they don't allow you to use any attack buttons or anything. So it's like, to me, it just, it comes off as boring, but I love the storyline and I love the character design, but, and I, you know, the characters are really great. So I am happy that Pyra and Mithra will be in the game and that I will be able to control them the way I would like to control them in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> so this is awesome. So the other news that they had too, there was some, a lot of great news. Um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, is planned for later this year. Uh, they didn't have any real big news towards that, but there were some, there are some great um, Legend of Zelda news in here. For instance, Legend of Zelda Skyward HD was announced to be coming to the Switch, or is announced to be coming to the Switch in, uh, in July 16th, 2021. Never played. This is one of those games that also I missed out on uh, when it was out on the Wii. I didn't have an interest in this, and I honestly, after seeing it and what they're doing with it, I don't think I got an interest in this now. Because, and mostly because, again, 
the control scheme is a little bit iffy for me. It doesn't seem enticing for me that I want to, you know, play because it involves you using your Joy-Cons as well. And that's kind of good if you like doing the motion, you know, control type thing. I'm not usually, I'm just like, I use, I place my Switch on handheld all the time, but it does give you the option to play it on handheld, but you're doing it in a way that you're using the analog sticks. And it just, you know, I I, I like the traditional way of playing uh, Zelda. You know, just have an attack button, have a, a you know, a, a, you know, whatever, uh, um, a evade button, stuff like that. I, I'd rather play it the traditional way. This is a little bit too innovative for me in ter when it comes to Zelda games. I do hope, however, that they come out with um, Wind Waker because that's the one game I never played yet when uh, for the Nintendo for uh when it came out on nintendo Wii, i never never got a chance to play that um and i feel bad because it looks like an awesome game the only time i got to play anything that was wind waker was when hyrule warriors that's as close to as i've gotten with that the, the actually the standout thing for me and shout out to my to my dude craig on uh craig holland and the acmg facebook group we were both more attracted to the uh, announcement of the skyward sword theme joy con today uh announced which looks awesome it looks absolutely awesome they have one joy con to represent the shield the hyrule shield and the other one to represent the um the right joy con to represent the master sword and the the one thing i will say that does intrigue me about the skyward sword game is that it is based upon the origin of the master sword so it's it's kind of based on the prime universe almost of the zelda universe that keeps you know there's a different zelda in a different universe every single time hence why hyrule warriors made sense in this case um so you had that they also uh announced mario golf super rush this was a game that was pretty cool i, I used to play um all the mario golf games and all the nintendo golf games this one actually looks cool i do appreciate that they are adding so much more to these mario sports games now uh the last few sports games they um mario and sonic olympics um mario tennis and now this one are going to have story uh, story mode with it and i i i appreciate what nintendo has realized is that you can't just come out with these ports with these games and just have it be like just a arcade mode for everything and no narrative or anything like having a story mode really draws people in and they i think they i, I want to believe that they did this right after they did mario kart 8 because mario kart 8 deluxe really it was it wasn't much to it i i, I liked the game there was nothing else to it other than that. There was no story mode. There was just other tracks that you played. And maybe they've discovered that they, they, you know, people weren't playing it after a while because they get, you know, they just get bored. There's nothing else to go back to. Well, when Mario Tennis came out and then even Smash Brothers had, uh, got a, a storyline out of them as well. I mean, like story, that was another one that didn't have too much of a story or a narrative to it. This one did. The uh, Super Smash Ultimate did. That's why this is the best one of them all. Uh, but Super Mario Golf, uh, Mario Golf uh, Super Rush is going to be a fun game. I can see the, the speed golf mode. It looks really fun. It's a mode that allows you to 
it's a, like a multiplayer feature that allows everybody to uh, play at once and try to you know get uh, I guess it's trying to you trying to get the best handicap um, out of everybody as everybody's playing at the same time. I, you're talking to somebody who doesn't play golf. I would have to go to my fam to my family about this because I got family members who play golf and stuff. So um, I, I totally change the game when it comes to golf. I don't play to the to the way that they do. It's like whoever gets in the, gets the, um, their ball in the hole first wins. That's it. So there's also another game out, Project Triangle, uh, strat which is a strategy RTS that is coming out. There's a demo out now for it. This is a Square Enix game. It looks beautiful. It looks it looks absolutely beautiful. I am a I am partially a fan of uh, real time strategy games. Um, Des Gaia is one of my favorite all time favorite uh, real time strategy games because it doesn't take itself seriously and it's a lot of fun. There's a great comedy in here. So this one looks awesome too. Beautiful uh, beautiful art art design and art direction in here as well. Uh, Star Wars Hunters. I was actually kind of excited to this until I found out it was a it was like a free to play game. So. Uh, to those who like Star Wars, to those who like free to play, knock knock yourselves out. That's you. Um, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockouts uh, it was is announced to arrive in the summer of 2021. Cute little game. Hyrule Warriors. This was you know for all those who are waiting for uh, the actual uh, the the new information on Hyrule Warriors two. We got Hyrule. I mean not Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Breath of the Wild. We got Hyrule Warriors to hold us off. Age of Calamity was one of my favorite games last year. And it's going to continue to be one of my favorite games because now they have an expansion pack that will feature two waves of content. Uh, some of that is going to be some new story narratives, characters, stages, you know, a whole bunch of things. I had a hunch that they were going to do this. So this is going to this is a great way to hold us off until Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. I thought uh, Age of Calamity did a really good job being somewhat of a pre a great prequel a good filler to hold us off until the new one comes out so i loved it one of the things that i did like about this presentation was the announcement of ninja gaiden ninja gaiden is coming back not unfortunately not a new ninja gaiden but ninja gaiden the master collection was announced for the nintendo switch the master collection uh will bring together remasters uh versions of ninja gaiden sigma ninja gaiden sigma 2 and ninja gaiden razor's edge which i heard i've heard mixed reviews on this ninja gaiden uh razor's edge was different because the original creator of it um forgot his name let me look up his name because i the only thing i know about this guy is that he was a he was he's rather a a I don't want to say anything too offensive, <laughs> but he was kind of a jerk. He was an arrogant jerk at that. Like he just, he purposely would make things hard for everybody. Uh, to, uh, to Manabu, uh, Itagaki is the, is the guy. This dude was, he was, he was kind of, he was very Kanye-esque in, in, in a sense. He was, before there was a Kanye West, it was Itagaki. <laughs> and i've known that the only one thing i know is that he purposely wanted to make things so insanely hard for the games that it was almost hard to to really enjoy and then on top of that they say he was hard to work with so he um ninja gaiden 3 was the first game that didn't involve him and it was mixed reviews people 
that thought that was too easy or whatnot so they did make it look i think razor's edge was the game that they kind of revamped a bit to make it a little bit more challenging for people who wanted that type of challenge i just want to enjoy the story i don't want to like and i i beat ninja gaiden one and two don't get it don't get me twisted i, I beat those two they were awesome i i'm i i just want to enjoy the story I want to I want to have the option to be challenged. I don't want to be forced to be challenged in a game. I, I can't stand games like that. It's like, OK, not everybody wants to get beat the hell down all the time, you know, and I'm not like if I'm not getting laid or paid, I don't need to be playing a hard version of the game. What am I getting out of this? What, what, where's the incentive? Like if there's a real incentive to play in this game in that fashion, that's fine. But if not, I could play any other game out there and have the same enjoyment or better enjoyment because I'm just enjoying the game for what it is and for for the art of it. You know, not to really, you know, stress me out so much that I throw my controller down. Like I said, I'm not gaining anything from playing in a hard mode. <laughs> like, I, I like how gamers and this mentality is still here where like gamers feel like they have to, you know, prove their worth to everybody else if they play through the hard mode or they're going to get credibility. Now, this ain't the 80s. In the 80s, you actually possibly could have got laid if you got the highest score. Because people would have thought of you as a genius. <laughs> if you be if you got the highest score in Donkey Kong. <laughs> you know? That doesn't happen today. You're just getting you're just getting some recognition. Some people do get paid. Like certain there's certain games like we now see Ninja and Fortnite, and there's some other people out there, some other gamers out there, the esports gamers and stuff like that. But for the for the common gamer that plays a game like Ninja Gaiden, you're not getting any incentive from that. There's no eSport, you know, situation involving Ninja Gaiden. Okay, so, you know, get a grip on that dude. So, so but that will be coming out. I, I'm i looking forward to that. It's coming out June 10th, 2021. So I, I am looking very much forward to that. Super Mario items will be added to Animal Crossing New Horizon uh, this month as well. So that's awesome. You're going to get to create the mushroom kingdom in your own Island. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, Nintendo 3ds title. Um, yes, I remember this Metopia. If you had a, if you had a 3ds, there was these mini games that they would have, uh, in the 3ds. It was really cute. They were really cute. You get to do some, um, like role-playing game type, you know, feature, uh, mini games that featured your me characters or whatnot this is coming back and it's going to be uh coming in may of 2021 so if you haven't played the, if you haven't owned the 3ds and never played this game it's a it's a cute thing to have so i liked it outer worlds um outer i'm sorry outer wilds coming to the switch in summer 2021 so uh, look i believe this is a third person uh type of experience here or first person type of experience here you're going through different planets and such like that. Is this one of those type of deals? Um, two Famicom detective games are coming to Nintendo Switch in 2021. I think uh, Phoenix Wright uh, fans will like this type of uh, game. Very, very beautiful artwork. Uh, these will be sold separately, I should mention is that. Um, and these are games that were out in Japan, but now being localized for the US here now as well. I think the other biggest I, w I guess I could say uh, one of the biggest uh, announcements for me in this presentation was Samurai Warriors 5 heading to the Nintendo Switch. A brand new Samurai Warriors is coming out, made by Koei Tecmo, uh, which is a spin-off to Dynasty Warrior franchise. And 
it takes place in the Sengoku period of Japan, which also which follows of all people Nobunaga Oda <laughs> and Mitsuhide uh, Akeshi. Now, for those who haven't been playing these type of feudal Japan games in the past, like Unimusha and other games like that, Nobunaga Oda is always said to be the main. He's like the main bad guy. He's a, he is a a a um a real person in in history uh but throughout years and throughout generations he's always mystified they always mystify him and and glorify him and as a major villain in that in those feudal periods um he was said to be like a very vengeful spiteful type of you know character and in some cases he is the devil or he's the demon, you know, the way that is written in certain games, according to certain games. Nobunaga Oda is usually, like, and if you play Unimusha, the original three Unimusha games, he's usually, like, the main bad guy in here. I've played other games that had his character on there in the past, too, like, import games or whatever, where he was, like, the main bad guy. Now he's kind of the protagonist here. So this is a first, and I'm... I'm more interested in seeing how that is going to, you know, turn out. They're kind of rewriting history or something, or maybe it's just leading up to when he, you know, leads his own empire and becomes the Nobunaga Oda that we are accustomed to. I don't know where this is going. I do know that the art style in this game looks fantastic. That's what drew me in. I love the character design. I love the way it looked. It looks absolutely awesome so that's coming summer 2021 as well legend of mana is remastered and it will be coming to nintendo switch the um, rpg legend of mana will be available the game's music has been rearranged they have now remastered version you can pick between the original and the remaster and it will have other features much similar to other remake uh remastered uh games like final fantasy 7 or final Fa- or the final fantasy games in general when they came back out you have the ability to turn off enemy count uh, encounters because as you know if you played any square enix rpg they every few seconds a new enemy comes you don't have time to breathe so now you have time to breathe there may be some other options as well in the game uh much like it was with final fantasy 7 as well so and other final fantasy games so stay tuned for that um the new footage for monster hunter rise was revealed as well a lot more uh known about what the story is going to involve you know i talked about how i played the demo a few weeks ago of monster hunter rise and i wasn't i'm trying my best i there's a part of me that wants to be a fan of monster hunter that wants to get into what they're doing but i never like the way it has one one of the things one of the things that turned me off about the, uh, the other Monster Hunter games was that there was no story or narrative. Uh, not until Monster Hunter World, and not until this one came out. And there's another Monster Hunter game that's coming in coming out later for the uh, new for the new uh, next gen consoles as well, I believe. But Monster Hunter Rise has a pretty interesting story that evolves around a ninja clan that's trying to preserve their land from these hordes of monsters that are trying to destroy it. Simple, plain and simple. I like it. I love the the, the beautiful design work, uh, the way that the, the, the visuals of the actual uh, game, the character design of the game. I love it all. I love what the way it looks. That's what's kind of drawn me back in. But when I played it, when I played the demo, I just something about it just didn't feel it felt conformed it felt very conformed I didn't have the ability to these are ninjas 
And if there, you know, for me, every ninja game that I played, you, you're, you're more free flowing. You have the ability to jump around everywhere. You don't have that. There's some restrictions in the movement of these characters. The only time you kind of jump is when you use the grappling ability to jump into different mountains and all that stuff. But everything else is like you evade. It's your normal monster or anything. You evade and you do all these things. I mean, you can control your monsters now, so that's a new feature there. But I would have loved to them just adding a jump button to be able to you know because you're a ninja so you should you know the 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 common lore and understanding and characteristics of a ninja is that you are able to jump around freely to do whatever it is i didn't get that when i played the demo so maybe it's just that particular character or class that i picked or whatever like that i don't know but i i'm still reserving my right here <laughs> on that one i have no doubt that monster hunter fans will absolutely love it I don't know if I will, but I want to. There's a part of me that I'm trying to find something that's really intriguing me, like I did with um, Resident Evil. And I figured if I could play a Resident Evil game and beat a Resident Evil game, then maybe I could get into this. It's possible. I'm trying to broaden um, my horizons in the, or in the world of gaming, not just to be, you know, from just to be down one genre or not. I'm, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> so, Tales from the Borderland uh, announced for nintendo switch now this was a game that was already previously out uh, by telltale games i believe telltale games has now been brought over by another company so now now they're republishing these uh games again which is awesome because telltale games was in a league of their own when it came to these type of games so i i i really am happy that this is coming back out so capcom arcade stadium surprise releasing today or it's out now i should say now here's the thing about that and why I'm opting out of this is because I actually have these games already in other Capcom uh, library games that they've already come out with. It's just, it's the same games with a new package and a new bow. That's all it is. They're not really giving anything new to the table. Like a lot of these games they've already come out with prior to, um, you know, a bunch of street this 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 actually includes a bunch of street fighter games a bunch of final fight style games which i have a bunch of them on a switch already um the only game i did see that was different was cybernauts which they never released out so to me it's not worth it the um it, it, the only thing that makes it so cool is that they have you know the um user interface is just a bunch of different arcade cabs you like it's like you're going into arcade but other than that it's like and they got a uh, bionic commando the arcade version of bionic commando is in there which is cool but i actually prefer the nes version of bionic commando i thought that was much better in there so um yeah if if you already own these games i wouldn't i would opt out of getting this because you already there i actually think the ones that they came out with before are better so that that's what i feel about that one right there so um Stubbs the zombie uh, will uh, be coming as well uh, to uh, Nintendo Switch on March 20, 2021. Uh, this is the big one. No More Heroes. We finally get news on No More Heroes. Not only news, but we finally get a release date, which is August of 2021. I know there are going to be people that are mad about that. And, you know, my first reaction to that was like, August? Damn. But then I had to I had to backtrack. We just went through this 
We just talked about this with games like Cyberpunk or games like Marvel Avengers. We just talked about this. And by the way, speaking of which, we will be talking about Marvel Avengers fairly soon. We got to chill. We got a release date. It's coming out August 27th. We can wait. There will be other games that will be coming out then. Allow Suda51 and his company to do what they need to do. Let the grasshoppers do what they need to do. And and I'm sure this game is going to be a lot of fun when it finally comes out. It looks pretty good. It looks awesome. Uh, the, the story of it just looks crazy. Travis Touchdown is going to be, you know, killing aliens this time around. Uh, so this is this is a, going to be a new uh, twist to everything. But August 20, 2021, we finally at least get a release date. August 27, 2021. If you even go into the eShop, they finally changed the graphic that was there forever. And now they have a release date on air with a new with new footage and everything on air as well. So this is coming. This is finally coming. And I guarantee this is going to be worth it. And I'm really happy that they gave us the first two games um, that they had for that. Because I never got a chance to play No More Heroes when it was on the Wii. I slept on it. I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm, I'm jumping on this immediately when it comes out because of how awesome those two games were. Neon White announced for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you know, it allows you to become an assassin and demons. This is a, and it's like a first person card battler game. I was, I was down with it until I found out it was a first person type of experience. So I was like, nope, I'm opting out of that. I don't, I'm not gonna like all first person shooters. That's, a, that's, that's just the thing. This was kind of surprising for me, this announcement. DC Superhero Team um, Power um, is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now, this is apparently a game created by Nintendo in an association with DC Comics. Um, there is a kids show out called, you know, DC Superhero Girls, you know, which it, it involves a lot of your favorite DC female uh, heroes in high school. And this one is going to involve wonder woman supergirl batgirl and a host of others as well and this is a 3d platformer it actually looks pretty good I, it, it looks like something that may be something that you know more than kids will enjoy there's possibly i may be checking this one out i just because of how great it looked and to find out that nintendo was really involved in this one very interesting uh just coming out june 4th 2021 so we will see uh, you, if, I guarantee you kids were going to love this game. Um, if you're a Xbox owner or a former Xbox owner like I am, <laughs> you will recognize this Plants and Zombies is making a return and is coming to the Switch. Battle of the Neighborville Complete Edition is coming to the Switch. Now, if you guys remember, this came out for the uh, Xbox One exclusively at the time. And I don't know what happened because Plants and Zombies was once a xbox exclusive this will bring the eight versus eight or the 8v8 multiplayer madness to the switch on march 19th so look forward to that if you're a fan of that <laughs> plants and zombies used to be like the original plants and zombies i don't know what was about the game that was around the time when like mobile games was like the hottest thing ever like it was a new thing and then we found out how screwed up they were becoming because they were all about money and grabbing and microtransactions and stuff but plants and zombies was one of the original really great games in the mobile game era that you that i loved uh knockout city announced for the nintendo switch developed uh by the studio that brought us mario kart live home circuit um this is kind of a really interesting dodgeball type of game i'm it, i this looks interesting but i got a feeling this is going to be a 
online only that or online reliant type of game uh i don't see how that is but it looks interesting i i'm, I'm looking forward to that world's end club this game was kind of interesting this had this game had has a the world ends with you type of vibe which by the way i was really sad to not see the world ends with you not being mentioned at all in this presentations but we have something kind of similar to this this is kind of a interesting horror type of deal but it has anime characters and it's, it's really weird this description has you and 11 others known as the go-getters club set off on a captivating journey across uh, Japan and experiencing an adventure that blends side-scrolling action to suspenseful narrative the deal is is that they go on a field trip and all of a sudden they're in this they're in this field they're in this uh this this building this field trip that they're in in this building and now they're trapped in this building and people are dying <laughs> so these loving kids have to try to stay alive in this building and you're going through all these types. now this game looks like a pokemon game but they have this really creepy narrative to it and kids can die so it's like okay it's pokemon meets the oregon trail meets kind of resident evil if that's the best way i could describe this to you because <laughs> not everybody i feel like not every kid is going to come out alive or you're, you're going to have to try to make sure everybody comes out safe or whatever i'll keep my eye on this one it looks very interesting it looks it, it's it definitely intriguing it definitely intrigued me enough uh bravely default to final trailer uh revealed uh that is coming february 2000 oh february 26 next week um but we knew that already if you looked into the eShop for that. Saga Frontier Remastered is coming in April 15th. Ghost and Goblins Resurrection is coming out next week as well. Apex Legends uh, for the Switch gets a new trailer. It's being announced for March 9th, 2021. Hades. Shout out to uh, Supergiant Games out there. Great Casavan. Uh, Hades is now going physical. So now those who haven't played the game and want to play the physical version you can now buy the cartridge which will be available very soon it also includes a pc download code for the hades original soundtrack which i believe dj cutman may be involved in one or two songs of that um and 32 pages of a full color character honestly i'm not a i'm a digital downloader but because I have my love for this game, this almost intrigues me to want to get the physical version just to get the rest of that content. It is so much worth it. So this was a good presentation, but it kind of, for me, and this is for me because I'm not a fan of this game, but I was looking for something to really blow us away. And it really kind of didn't for me, but the to end it off with a Splatoon announcement, to me, it just, it, it became anticlimactic. Now, with that said, it looks like that they're going a different direction with this. I don't know. There may be a, a story element to this. Um, it looks like the they're, the they're expanding on the world of this. So I don't know where this is going, but it, I was hoping for something big and major and it didn't really do it for me. But I will say overall that the presentation was pretty damn good it was good it wasn't the best i've ever seen but it was pretty good for the most part so you know if i if i grade the this one i am going to give it a 
a solid B. I've seen, I know some people have given it a C, but I think that there were some good announcements out there. You know, Samurai Warriors 5, Ninja Gaiden making his return. Nothing really new, unfortunately, for that. Um, you know, it, it was it was good. I, I wasn't blown away like I normally would be for other games, but there were some good things that came out of here I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, I will give them a B for that one as well. So, I mentioned, going on to other news, I should say, I mentioned... Uh, Marvel Avengers. Crystal Dynamics, of course, had their war table recently. They announced that the Hawkeye DLC will be arriving on March 18th. I know there are a lot of people on Twitter that were hating and mad about this. I'm at this point when it comes to this game, I I don't care. <laughs> I don't care from a standpoint of like, let them do what they want to do. They are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to BS it all the way through regardless. Um, they're not going to really be upfront with their fans and their, and their consumer base. That's just the way that they are. They, they're being corporate. And what we learn is that being corporate is not exactly the most ethical thing in the world because a lot of times they tend to hide things that they don't want us to see. And they don't tell us everything that they want. They, we should know. We, we realize this from, you know, Chris, uh, from not only just Crystal Dynamics, from, but from uh, CD uh, Project Red. But unlike cd project red they don't apologize for their mishaps they just gloss over it they they put the uh you know sweep sweep it under the rug if you will and it, it burns me up when they do that because it's the same it's the same practice that 2k games do and you saw what happened with what they did with wwe 2k20 disaster of a game absolutely disaster of a game but crystal dynamics is at least to their credit working on it and improving it and it has improved since then i will not you know take that away from it has improved and i did like the kate bishop story didn't necessarily like the gameplay as much it still needs a little bit tweaking in my opinion um i i just you know when it comes to marvel avengers i don't like the fact that it just feels so chaotic sometimes that you don't know where everything's going it, the, the flow of it just feels off to me uh, when it comes to that. But it's still, you know, it's not the worst game in the world at all. It's just, it's not as fluid. It's not as concise uh, as, you know, with, with other games. With, um, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is done. Or um, or other Marvel games like Miles Morales or even, you know, original Spider-Man games from Insomniac Games. Like, in that comparison, nah, it's not. Um, but it's good it's it's just it it's could have been much better but the story uh the announcement for hawkeye's dlc is coming the story will pick up where kate bishop left off as uh, her and the avengers you know travel back in time to fight to save clint as he was doing something with aim now this transitions into a battle against the kree and a story entitled Future Imperfect, which is based on the classic 90s Incredible Hulk saga. The two go into the future where they meet uh, up with old man Hawkeye and the maestro, which is uh, the main bad guy of the story. And a whole bunch of things go on from there. So Crystal Dynamics also announced that the game will finally be updated to the next gen status in March as well. I there's belief that it's going to be at the same time when the dlc comes out or not um this will make uh this will give the playstation 5 and xbox series x fan owners a chance to finally play it the way that it was intended to be played 
with faster loading uh faster loading screens it should be very significantly fast like if i it needs to be like miles morales fast like there if you play spider-man miles morales on the playstation 5 there is no there is no loading <laughs> there's no loading screens at all you go from one place to another instantly like it's the, it needs to be that damn good i am hoping that this game is that good i think it will redeem itself to some measure if they manage to do it that good um so you have that there's no word unfortunately on whether the update will include the ability to replay the original story campaign which was the more positive of this game overall the latest announcement also mentioned that the original campaign mode um it was they, they announced the original uh campaign mode but didn't say whether it was going to be replayable even though they did announce a while back that they were working on it being replayable so i don't know you know a lot of times when they say they're going to do something that is not exact and then it may not happen exactly at the time you wanted to i do say that you you the kate bishop storyline and other storylines in, in in the mission modes are replayable in as well as the story element with it so i'm hoping that that's the case i'm hoping that they add it on because people paid way too much money for that game for them not to give us the ability to experience to enjoy the story to enjoy the great acting done by the that's, that's the thing that's so crazy about this the game the game is not bad in terms of storytelling or or performances the performances are done by some of the best in the game the storytelling is really good a lot of there was nobody said anything bad about the storytelling the storytelling is really well done i love the modok story i love the aim story it's just it comes down to the glitches and bugs of the gameplay and the lack of enjoyment and the microtransactions that is involved in it it just all that turned it off and then the fact that it wasn't it was unfinished that's what it came down to so you know i granted they're going to slowly gradually get back to the swing of things but honestly you know at this point i am it's just it's what I, my my feelings towards it now is like it's whatever you know if it happens it happens if it doesn't all right you already got my money so you know congratulations for that so but i tell you moving on to other things what made my week this week was something that i did not expect i was always hoping for didn't know if it was going to happen and out of nowhere i go into the e-shop i see what's available at the time and i look closer and i click on it and boom SNK brings back SNK versus Capcom match of the millennium. I can't tell you. You can see by the pause of my voice how much I blew up when I saw this. I went crazy. You don't understand. People don't understand. I've been gaming for a long time and I've come across some of the best game consoles out there. Portable and you know in station i should say the neo geo pocket color is probably the equivalent is the is the portable equivalent of the dreamcast it's one of those game systems that never got its due but had some of the most fun action-packed games at its time the neo geo pocket for the, uh, the neo geo pocket and the neo geo pocket color for those who don't know was a 16-bit 
handheld portable game game console uh it was like a it was a much better version of a game boy back then it was 16-bit as opposed to 8-bit and they were able to do a little bit more with it now i always questioned that when they said 16-bit i've always questioned how was the 16-bit because you know if you play the genesis if you play game games on the uh, on the sega genesis or the super nintendo which were actual 16-bit games they were able to have a lot more sprites in their games than they had in here the graphics was a, which more defined in the 16-bit era but when you get to a lot of the neo geo pocket games they look like just evolved versions of 8-bit games a little bit more sprites a lot more animation and movement to it but the look of the games were never to, like were still retro in a sense of like looking like nintendo games but with that said i think and when it came to the continuity and what they can do with that game with their games it was awesome like you were able to play fatal fury almost in the same fashion as the actual arcade versions or king of fighters or any of that um but then they came out with all these games they uh if you notice now they're they're coming out with a they're bringing back a lot of their games from the neo geo pocket the ones that were really best sellers for them uh we we saw samurai showdown that's what really got me to thinking like is it possible they could bring back match of the millennium and here's our answer right now uh we, they brought back uh last blade they brought back um king of fighters as well uh there if you look at the lineup it was nothing but fighting games in this still and it was during the time when fighting games was at its hottest the boom period for fighting games you know between snk and capcom out there in this case snk versus capcom was a mega game series that brought the two powerhouse companies together that was snk and capcom and their iconic characters for the first time battling in a tournament if you are a wrestling fan this would be the equivalent of current equivalent of aew all elite wrestling opening the forbidden door to new japan pro wrestling and uh, impact wrestling it's kind of one of the turns you like you never thought that you would ever see this happen it happened because back then you don't mention like it, it was competition so like capcom never mentioned anything about snk and vice versa that is until you know they created dan hibiki <laughs> you know that poke fun at the art of fighting games so they they never really acknowledged each other nor any companies ever like pepsi never acknowledged coke coke never really acknowledged pepsi until later on but they damn sure they would never work together again wrestling fantasy wwf would never mention nwa ever just never it would never happen and then the 90s came <laughs> <laughs> things changed and then the millennial changed and this happened and then we got the forbidden door open where we get to see fatal fury and art of fighting characters face off against street fighter characters and it was the biggest thing ever it's something that we never thought we would see and believe it or not neo geo pocket color was the first of these series of games to do it snk versus capcom match the millennium was the first after that came the playstation versions and so and, and the xbox versions, so forth and so on and the arcade versions and that's when we started seeing you know the more graphic powered versions of these games um it was just awesome these 
I mean, these days we see crossovers a lot, you know, Project Cross X, um, you, I mean, you just name it. You see a lot of these crossovers out right now. It, it's crossovering is a thing. You know, the doors, this was one of the first forbidden doors to be open. Now you see it all the time uh, in these games. Like how many times have you seen Shovel Knight in a different game? Like they just announced that Shovel Knight is gonna appear on For Honor. Like I think Shovel Knight can be said to be now the one of the best game character indie game characters of all time at this point because that character has appeared in so many games at this point and that's saying a lot because he's an indie game character and they kind of separate indie game characters from more established characters that from triple a uh game developers you know at this point this that game character is iconic it is possibly made more cameo appearances than kratos <laughs> in this case but you know you get to see these games like that and it, it didn't happen capcom and snk was the first possibly one of the first companies to really combine both of their iconic characters together in this case um man it, it's just it's amazing this this game was so awesome uh capcom created the legendary characters from street fighter 2 dog stalkers rival schools and it, while snk brought us cult characters like fatal fury art of fighting world heroes and, and of course king of fighters i must note that it was snk that really kind of broke the forbidden door within its own fighting game series uh in their universe when they brought art of fighting's ryo sakazaki as a hidden character in fatal fury special which many can say was the genesis of snk's crossover fighting series king of fighters it really started there match it up see how much of a fighting game um, fan i am by the way um Match of the Millennium was the first of the epic crossover series. It had it consisted of 26 characters in both the Capcom and SK universe. In 2000, fighting game fans would be rewarded with again the official arcade versions of those two games. Like I mentioned, Match of the Millennium was a port, which was like it, it was it was wasn't exactly if you look at what they did with the PlayStation 2 or 3 version of the game, like SK versus capcom one and two see how awesome they looked you know and, and is and especially the frame rate and the animation and all this stuff match of the millennium was a 16-bit port which was met with a lot of limitations to that of the dreamcast and the playstation versions at the time what it lacked in graphic power it gained in continuity and replay value however because the game provided a variety of gameplay modes such as tournament mode which was their story mode and it, it you know allowed you to play a singles tag battle which was kind of the uh capcom versus mode and you know for games like capcom versus street fighter or, or marvel versus capcom games like that it also had the tag battle which consists of the snk traditional king of fighter el elimination style that you're accustomed to so it had the best of both worlds now this is what that was a mode that the dreamcast arcade playstation versions didn't have they didn't have those versions at the time they, they didn't allow you to play in tag battle capcom tag battle mode it was only king of fighters elimination style mode whereas the the uh the neo geo pocket version allowed you to play as any of those versions so that was one of the things they had uh, then it also had a really cool mini game mode called Olympics where you get to choose between the Capcom side 
or the SNK side to play. And it, you know, depending on which one you chose, it had different mini games that you could play on air, uh, such as survival, time attack, and other mini games that you would have depending on which one you pick. Um, playing the games will allow you to earn points to unlock new uh, moves for each character in the game. So it, there was a hidden powerful move, power move that you can uh, unlock for each character, which was awesome. And they also hidden, you know, there was also hidden characters in there. Oh, you know, there was before DLC was ever created. There was just you unlocking hidden characters. I miss those days where you, you had a chance to play through the game so much that you end up actually just unlocking a new character in the game. Now you got to use DLC to buy and, and more spend more money doing it. But they had Evil Ryu and, uh, you know, Orochi uh Yure yagami in here as well so you know you can unlock them as well as uh akuma was in the game as well and other characters just so awesome this game was so so awesome if you've not played this game if you're a fighting game fan but you are a current fighting game fan this is a game you definitely need to add to your list of collections this is an awesome game what i what made me even more excited about this is that there's a possibility now that they allow this to come out that there's a possibility that SNK versus Capcom Car Fighters is coming as well. To SNK, if you're listening to this, SNK Play More, I believe. If you're listening to this, if somebody's listening to this, please, SNK versus Capcom Card Fighter is one of the greatest card battling games of all time please bring that back that game was so awesome the the the, i can't even if that game comes back i will be doing a, a, a episode just talking about that game i can't tell you like you know there before the dragon ball heroes you know game was out i'm telling you and i love that i love that game too but I still say SNK versus Capcom Fighters is still the best. How they were able to make a car battle game that kind of gives you the same feel as the fighting game is an amazing thing. So I here's my fingers are crossed right now to this. Hopefully it will actually happen. So folks, that will do it for this portion of this show. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will review Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury in our final stage. And I'm going to tell you how much I enjoyed this, but how it's obviously I enjoyed it, but how well is it in the ranks of the best Mario games ever? We'll find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live!
and gentlemen, welcome to the final stage as I review Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, uh, the re-release of Super Mario 3D World from its original release, which was on November 22nd, 2013 for the Wii U. Uh, I finally get a chance to play this because this was one of the games that uh, I never got a chance to check out since I opted out of owning a Wii U. I, did, I never was one of those people that never seen the true value of getting the Wii U because it was virtually the same thing as the Wii, but it had a different controller with it. I, I just had never seen what was the point of that. Um, they didn't show anything that was that spectacular, but it was, it did, was the inspiration for what is now the Nintendo Switch. So, and even furthermore, a lot of games from the Wii U, like Wonderful 101, uh, are now porting over to the Switch as well. So now people are getting a chance to play what they didn't get a chance to play back then. This is one of those other games. And it makes, after playing this, I really am glad that they did bring it back because I would have been really pissed had I not had a chance to play this game. Had, also, I should say, had not Mario Odyssey come out, this probably would have been my favorite, my top favorite Mario game ever at this point. Um, this game was a lot of fun. I, one of my favorite other Mario games, I, I would say if you want to put it in top five, this will probably be number two because Mario Odyssey is still the best out of the ones because they just took it to such a great level of uh, being an open world type of experience and everything. Um, but this one is a definite second and I would say third will be uh, Super Mario uh, World that came out a while back as well or some i'm uh, sorry super mario 3d land that came out a while back for the 3ds that was a lot of fun as well and there's a lot of similarities to that game in this game a lot of this was like a more robust version of super mario 3d land uh, as well and now it, it it was intentionally to be that way and then it's super mario 3 and possibly super mario 2 is if i'm going to say top five from there so this game i absolutely enjoyed the the super mario 3d world i'm going to separate that to bowser uh because they are two different games and but combined within the same world um but i love what they did with this uh the story of this is very is very interesting uh it was i'll read from the encyclopedia the super mario the official super mario encyclopedia i should say it was a beautiful night on the evening of a festival of uh, a festival. Mario, Peach, Luigi, and Toad, who you are able to uh, play as, um, discovered a clear pipe. <laughs> they say clear pipe. It, it, it's a glass pipe, and you take it for what you will on that note. I I, I meme this in certain cases. I meme this a lot since I've gotten the game. Um, one of which you can see on TalkTopLive.com. Uh, but. They, this this clear pipe comes in. I'm going to say glass pipe. I just can't. Um, in Peach's garden. Mario and Luigi fixes it up. And the strange pipe unwittingly um, opens up a way to a fairy kingdom. Uh, suddenly, a fairy-like uh, a fairy like Sprixel princess comes flying out. She told them about how Bowser forces uh, are, you know, were wrecking havoc in their kingdom. And the other sprinkle, uh, Sprix, what is, Sprixies, uh, princesses are, had been captured. Then Bowser himself erupted and from the pipe, which you, all of this you see in the beginning of the game, 
he grabs the uh, Prixies uh, and retreated back into the kingdom. This will lead Mario, Peach, Luigi, and Toad into the pipe to rescue the Prixies and begin a new venture from that point. So uh, I love what they did with this game. I love the level design in here. Uh, now, I've only played this as Mario, of course. I haven't got a chance to play as um, Peach, uh, Luigi, Toad, and uh rosalina rosalina who makes an appearance in this game as well uh you also this i didn't know as well again i didn't own the nintendo uh wii u so i wasn't aware of this but captain toad is in this game too as well as the mini side mission games that he has in here which led to his own game series i was unaware that this was where it all started so this was an interesting discovery for me in here um the power-ups that you get this time are always every power-up is of mario is always cool but the cat mario was probably the best one of my favorites uh of all time <laughs> cat mario uh evens up with raccoon mario for me uh i love that he could climb up walls i love that he his his cat movement is so funny because you know if you own a cat you absolutely see what's you know that they the mannerisms are there um i don't know what happens when he when he puts on these costumes but he just embodies the character <laughs> it's like he's a method actor <laughs> it says uh you've got your traditional fireball mario you got boomerang mario that was that was like my second favorite right there um tanoki mario uh don't the the double mario the what i call the shadow clone mario is when he gets the cherries and then he doubles up and he has a shadow clone version of him uh so there so like i like that one as well lucky cat mario i've uh gotten one i've gotten a few of those as well mega mario is a rarity but he comes even bigger than what he was before here and invisible mario that's the one power up i did not get so uh i really enjoyed that aspect as well uh white uh tanoki mario of course is only occurs when you lose so many times that this one sprouts up and kind of gives you a helping hand so as well they also have cannon boxes they got um beam boxes that you can hide under you got the propeller boxes of course that let you uh prepare um elevate yourselves even higher um goomba mario mask is is hilarious because you put on the mask and you know the goombas won't even come chase you at all they also got the goomba ice skate mode uh which allows you to get into a skate shoe much like you would the uh the shoe in super mario 3 so there's some super mario 3 elements in here as well but all a lot of fun um there's also another really fun mode here where you get to ride plessy which is something that you do in bowser's um fury as well he makes his return like everything from mario super mario 3d world makes a return in bowser's uh fury as well but a lot of the really cool fun characters in here i I was hoping the one thing I was hoping, but I didn't get in here was the Koopa kids. I love the Koopa kids, not just Bowser Jr. Cause Bowser Jr. Came way later, but the Koopa kids who originally appeared and debuted it on, um, super Mario three never really made it here. And that was the only downfall. It wasn't, it didn't take away from the game, but I just, you know, I would have loved to have seen you go up against each Koopa kid um the stages itself you know i love how uh world one gave you a 
easy understanding of what you're going to expect and then as you go into the worlds and by the time you get to world six it becomes a little bit more challenging but never too challenging uh that's the thing i loved about what miyamoto has always done for these level designs and of of these stages is that they're challenging but not overwhelming or overbearing or it won't have you throwing your controller you know to the wall they were always just the right amount of fun, just the right amount of challenge for you to 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 master or whatever like that. But it, it, the full focus of Mario games has been fun, not just even fun, family fun. You know, they want you to have fun. They don't want to try to challenge you if you don't want to be challenged too much. But they give you they don't leave, ever make it easy for you, but they don't ever make it hard. And it's it, it makes for a lot of uh, a really fun time It's it's a great. There's always a, a great balance to Miyamoto's games and it was always appreciated that way um but what really makes this awesome was the final boss scene um you know modes with Bowser because Bowser ends up turning into a cat at this point too or more or less a tiger and he also uses the the cherries as well at the end which makes things so bad and I love the final uh, battle between you and Bowser because it becomes a climatic battle. One of the most climatic battles I've ever played in any of the Mario games, I think up until Odyssey. Odyssey was awesome too, but this one here was also great here as well. Um, this one I too, I feel like Bowser was really more animated than he was in other uh, Mario games as well. I think he really stood out here on this game and on Bowser's Fury as well. I loved them. I loved it. The game itself is just great. Just, I had no, like there are some Mario games that I didn't have fun with as much. The most fun Mario games I've had was the top five that I mentioned out of all the Mario games that I had. Cause there were some games that I just, that just, just wasn't fun. They were still good, but they weren't fun. And I really enjoyed this one. Now, when it came to Bowser's Fury, which, what I loved about this because where Mario 3D, Mario 3D World was just a 3D platform with, you know, not too many camera angles. There were some restrictions in the camera angles as well. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, free roaming. What they did for that, what they, what they did for um, Bowser's Fury is that they made it an expanded open type of world type of feel. Now, it wasn't completely open world. It was open world in a sense of, you know, the, the element around them. You could just constantly, there was no loading. So you could constantly go from stage to stage and everything. So it was like that open world, but it wasn't like an expanded world. It was, you could tell there was some, you know, it was, it was a small surface of area that had different little small islands within it, but there was no loading time within any of it. So you were able to easily travel from one aspect to another. Um, you would do so by, you know, riding on, you know, the same creature that you, uh, the, the pleasy, uh, creature or plessy. I don't know how to pronounce that actually, but you got to ride on him all throughout the different islands and everything. What I loved about it is that this was a, now a 3d roaming version of super Mario 3d, uh, world. And all of the same enemies was in there. And you could tell that the graphics was a little bit more enhanced. The water, the reflections coming from beaming from the water was definitely there and it was awesome and what happens in this is that they don't you know what the thing is and maybe i didn't get to the true ending yet because i ended it halfway through with 50 
of the uh sun the sun uh coins that i got but i didn't get through 100 i was told that there is an actual uh a a true ending to this because they what the first ending does it it doesn't really explain what happened to bowser at this time so i need to play through that in order to do it but what happens basically is something happened to bowser where he's absorbing this dark tarry like goo that changes him into this huge monster basically the, the goo the black goo almost comes off like the symbiote from spider-man that inhabits uh eddie brock and it seems like this is the case of what happened here they don't explain how how it happened but he just absorbed this which then turns him into like a godzilla like monster that you know brings more chaos to the to the land that he is in and bowser jr seeks mario to try to help him you know help bowser get back to normal he does this by going into finding these new sun these uh these sun coins which in fact ignites these lighthouses which beams light at bowser and that kind of weakens him but as you gradually go on he becomes a little bit more immune to this whole thing so what happens is you need to get these giga bells and get enough coins to ignite these giga bells which allows you to become a giant as well so you wind up now getting into these huge kaiju battles between you and bowser which are awesome these are really cool in each as you gradually get closer to reaching the 50 goal and in, in, in defeating Bowser, you the the levels get a little bit more challenging, and you know the, even the, the kaiju battles that you have with them becomes a little bit more interesting as well. So, as you're gradually going to find these sun uh, coins, what happens is is that you have a certain amount of time to do so before Bowser comes back and if bowser comes back then things become more challenging because he's attacking you while you're trying to get these coins and you have to get these coins fast enough to just ward him away this is kind of like the pg version of friday the 13th the nes game whereas like every so often you had to hurry up and get to a certain area before jason comes in and he comes in at any time and if you remember with my interview with adam shub we talk about this because he did a painting of the classic nes um it, we did a painting of the classic nes game and uh it was awesome because it reminded me of that and you have this situation where you wind up actually coming back out of nowhere and bowser comes out of nowhere and he could crush you at this time if you get crushed the thing is you don't you you die but you don't start from scratch it it, it, it that part didn't make sense to me because you don't start the game over from scratch which i guess is it could be a good thing um but you you still have the same amount of uh sun coins that you have and all the stuff you end up losing more coins than anything what i do like though is that this time around what you didn't what you weren't able to do in the original super mario 3d world game was the ability you could always store a power up if need be because if you if you get if you happen to get attacked by one of the uh enemies like the goombas or whatever or the koopas whatever the thing would happen was you had the ability to you know use your storage power up to use this time around with with bowser's fury what they did was they had they widen the storage unit that you had for it and you were able to actually 
This time around, you were able to store up to five power-ups each. So you would have they, the same some of the same abilities that you would have in Super Mario 3D World, such as Fireball Mario, Cat Mario, Tanoki Mario, Boomerang Mario. Those you would have, as well as Lucky Cat Mario as well. And you can now store up to five each. So if you wanted to, you can, you know, if you lose one, that's okay. Oh, and also the mush, regular Mushroom Mario in case you get killed again and, you know, minimize into uh, Small Mario. So this time around, if you lose, you can also just use from like your bank. You have a whole bank of power-ups that you can use and keep using. Now, doesn't mean that you're going to be having power-ups all the time because I got into a situation where... I almost end up using up all of them because of the battles that I had with Bowser and some of the uh, the obstacles that I had to go through. So it, it does provide a bit of a challenge, but nothing nearly as hard that you can't get through. Eventually, you will get through it. Uh, there, I had I have myself, you know, losing a bunch of times, and it was at a point that each time that I lost, I didn't feel slated or cheated at all. I felt like okay, I got to get this right. I got to get the timing right. I got to get something right here. So. It, I love the love once again the balance of you know win loss and it wasn't it wasn't over it wasn't under it was just right you know so at the end I love what happened at the end at the first ending that you have because it's very comical it's very funny um very cartoony I, I would say I love the way that they did it well it's Mario anyway so um but it just, it just really shows how far that they've come with their so like they bowser and mario are just basically best friends at this point they're just rivaling best friends at this point and it's just like especially if you remember playing uh mario odyssey and how that ended right there so these two will never kill each other they they're friends <laughs> you could kind of see that they're kind of so accustomed to each other they ain't funny it's hilarious um but what i would say if in terms of like game quality as a separate game alone it's a fun game. It's a, it's a very fun game, but at alone, it's not the best game. I say if you put that as a combination of Super Mario 3D World and Bowser as a as an expansion, yes, it's a great game. But on its own, I think it falls off just a little bit of the of the dynamic and depth that Super Mario 3D uh, World had in it on its own. Super Mario 3D World on its own is like if I was to grade if I graded those two on its own, I'd say Super Mario 3D World gets an A, whereas Super Mario 3 um, Bowser's Fury, or Bowser's Fury, I should say, gets like a B, a solid B for me. Because I think there was some things that I would have wanted more from that. And there were times that it got on its own. It, it gets a little bit tedious and boring in a sense, but not too much. But them combined together, if I'm to give that a grade, it gets an A plus because you have both of these elements together and there are some things that one has that the other one doesn't. And I think that's where it comes down to. And I really, really enjoy it as both of them together as a package and you being able to see Mario in full 3D form and, and the Super Mario 3D world element and there as well. So Overall, like if you're a Mario fan, this is a can't miss. You gotta get this game. This was an awesome addition to the Mario library and adding Bowser's Fury uh, into it, which in itself actually is a full game. Um, if you combine them two together, they're like 12 worlds. 
you know, Super Mario 3D uh, World was six worlds in in itself. But I believe uh, Bowser's Fury is another six. So if you put that together, that's a full entire game for you to to enjoy as well. So um, if you're a Mario fan, if you're a fan of Miyamoto and you're a fan of Nintendo, this is a can't this is a can't miss like and even still i still got to play this with uh luigi and peach and and toad and the others so i get to you know the replay value is just there you know this is just again i would say out of all the mario games and it, if you want to rank it in the top five this is number two for me and that's also like that's t- taking down the rank of super mario 3d land for the 3ds so that's it that speaks volumes of it right there because i really enjoyed i really loved that game i loved how that game had a lot of great balance to it i never did like super mario 3 super mario um brothers u was the one mario game i did not enjoy as much so the fact that super mario 3d world came out it made it a lot better um i i just enjoyed it immensely so yeah a plus for the entire package that they provided here and uh, go out of your way to check it out folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it i remember last week i was trying to figure out saying like i will eventually have something to talk about into this sunday show well i found it damn it just announced in commercials on social media a movie that never got a chance to see partially because i didn't want to see it but the other reason why because it was all it was only in theaters and for some reason the brainchild of that decision of putting this movie only in theaters is probably biting themselves in the ass right now but it is now on digital and that is monster hunter <laughs> that movie is uh, which by the way it was it just was it was just out on theaters not too long ago and now it is it is out on it's already out on digital and you could tell that it possibly made no money in theaters i am i have reason to believe it did not make not one dime in theaters because of COVID. this stars milia jovovich uh, tony j ron perlman i'm a big ron perlman fan megan good is here big megan good fan so we'll see this is going to be interesting paul ws anderson once again is directing this or producing this which of course he's directing it which of course is the guy who was responsible for the original mortal kombat game and he's also responsible for the resident evil series that also had his wife mila jovovich in there a lot of controversy on that note but um there it is what it is i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna review this i'm gonna take now there's no way in the world that i'm gonna be convinced that this movie is good there's no way but what i will do is look at this from a mystery science 3000 aspect you know if you google monster hunter movie and you they talk about showtimes in theaters there's a COVID 19 alert in here some showtimes may not be up to date in place where health guidelines good lord i no i i am looking forward to watching this so i will be watching this movie i will review this movie with no expectations of whether this movie being good at all i don't understand why they did this but that will be the main movie that i will focus on this one but also that's not all i will also give my thoughts on the spin-off series to jojo's bizarre adventure uh diamond is unbreakable which is thus spoke kisabe rohan 
uh, which is out now on Netflix, too. I'm, I'm a big JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan. I'm especially a fan of Diamond is Unbreakable as well. And I know that in, uh, I didn't realize how popular Rohan's character is in Japan. So much so that they made a separate spinoff manga series for it. And now the anime series is out. So it is out and it's in English. It is not voiced by Vic Mignano, who was the original voice of Rohan in the series. So that is going to be interesting. It's been taken over by a new act, uh, new actor. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So, uh, of course, you know, if anybody knows the name of Vic Mignano, you know this situation of that going on right there. So um, that is going to be interesting. Um, and to talk about that and whatever else comes by as well. So you can always check this episode and all of our episodes out on TalkTimeLive.com, especially our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You can go into our website there, click on the TalkTime Live exclusive page. You can check out all of our interviews there. As well, if you are listening to this show on your favorite podcast platform, we are available you can subscribe and download on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, aka Amazon uh, devices, including Audible, as well as Pandora and Pocket Cast as well. We there's no place you can uh, that you can't find us in. ACMG presents Talk Time Live is anywhere and everywhere you can possibly be. So thank you all for always supporting this show and keep us definitely go in and keep us growing let everybody know that you can find it if you are looking for somebody from from some black representation you got it right here so yo check it out uh i i really appreciate all you guys as always you know chiming on no matter who you are no matter where you're from thank you for always checking out and downloading this show it's, it's greatly appreciated we will be having some guests coming very soon uh, especially down the line in march so stay tuned for that as well uh just keep enjoying everything and be safe out there so that's all i gotta say so that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax Xavier just saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there take care and be very safe out there especially out there shout out and and thoughts and prayers to those in texas right now going through this horrendous uh winter storm and everything down there too take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.